I'm Rosa Mendez and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty Ferro. I have the best time ever! Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Farrell, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. <laughs> Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man... Yeah. We need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and, and join the team as a Monty Nefaro member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they could tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. But that's, you know what? That's why you're, you're the star of the show. Because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day and he goes, man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, there you go, Farrell. You got to be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content nice. that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get... Free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, or, right, our own page, yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of Tommy Rich. I want a picture of whatever. And, boy, that's we on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. And you need to rock, too. Join.
to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. Straight out of Ron Kakama, Long Island. Abe, back again for another tour. It's like Nam, right? What? It's what? Like, it's like Abe. The sky was orange yesterday around <laughs> here, just, okay. It's like Nam, man. Agent Orange? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Agent Abe. What's Got up, Got Charlie Abe? in the background looking to shoot you. What's going on? What? I'm doing good, man. How you guys doing? We're doing all right, and uh, we're going to... Talk about some big news next week, Jimmy yeah. Farrow. Uh-huh. Big news for the show, uh-huh. big news for the station. It's a yep. big news kind of week. Kind of week. Yeah, it sure is. And we have uh, Ahmad Johnson will be in next week. Nice. Right, the return of Ahmad. Very nice, very nice. We love Ahmad here Ahmad on the Monty. Ahmad loves the... us. Ahmad rules. Ahmad said to me, anything for you guys, brother. Yeah, anything except trying to get through when he's trying to call last week. He got the times wrong. Oh, he did? Yeah. He oh, okay, that's wrong. different. All right. Way to go there, Ahmad. We still love you. So real quick, uh, yeah. we covered on This Week in Wrestling, but the mm-hmm. passing of the Iron Sheik. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, like I said on This Week in Wrestling, I'm uh, my earliest days of loving professional wrestling, he uh, coincides with that. Seeing him step out there with Classy Fred Blassie swinging them clubs, I never thought he'd be the guy to beat Hulk Hogan. I remember being shocked as shit when I saw, I saw Skolin grabbing that towel. I says, what are you doing? Are you really going to put an end to Backlund's reign with this guy? It was a shock and a half, but I'll tell you what, it was the major moment in Sheik's career, and uh, Sheik basically was launched after that. I mean, being a transitional champion, you know, they call a transitional champion. Sure, he was only champion for a couple of weeks, but we're talking about that title reign how many years later? I mean, Sheik just made the most out of everything he did. And later on, when he was done, you know, wrestling, we said he became a parody of himself. And I, honestly, I think that that put him over even more. As the internet grew, his wild personality, it just, it just helped him. I don't know, man. I think, I think in life, sometimes you want to be taken a little more seriously. Like, mm-hmm. I think being a comedian or, like, I don't know. Who's the, uh, who's the comedian, the small guy? The, the small the, guy. The black guy, the small black guy. The small black guy? Yeah, he's a small black guy. Comedian. What, one Chris of more... Rock or something? No, or? what's his name? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, thank you. He's all over it. I keep thinking to myself, by the way, it's Johnny Photo on the couch. We'll <laughs> thank be you, Johnny Photo. Like... You're so, already coming through. I, I always think like someone like Kevin Hart, he's like, he's he's funny, but okay. ha- like, does his wife take him seriously? It's like, oh, Leah, let's have let's have really hot sex, but it's like, you're oh, the... Oh, come on, you you're the co- You're the comedian. <laughs> So it's like Iron Sheik, who started his career, and especially when he wins a title, and he's going through all this stuff. Mm -hmm. He's this incredible bad guy that everybody remembers. And in the end, he's just the parody. You think so? When he passed, it made me realize again how great he was. Oh, he was great. But if you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, he's a clown. Well, at the end of the day, though... 
What is the thing that we still subscribe to heavily? The E in entertainment. If Iron Sheik did not epitomize the E in entertainment, even before it was called the WWE, I don't know who does. That's a good point. The guy was a showman. Wrestling is a show. He's one of the greatest heels that ever existed. It's a major loss. No argument here. Shannon Doherty shares video of health update. This is what cancer looks oh like. Beverly Hills 90210 and charmed actress Shannon Doherty shared an Instagram Wednesday and update her year lo years-long wow. battle with cancer. Okay. The video showed the 52-year-old star with tears streaming down her cheeks while she was strapped to a table with her head immobilized. Mm. She's being fed into a loud machine that takes images to help properly size her mass as she will wear as she undergoes radiation for her brain cancer. What am I supposed to do with this? You know, you give me things like this, and I'm just completely... I hit, I hit a mental stalemate. It's sad. I, I can't even begin to... There's been nobody in my family, thank God, although my family is quite small, but there's been nobody in my family that was stricken with the C word. Um... I give her credit for being able to. Why is she? Why did? What makes someone share this with the public? Is she just trying to educate? You know, let people know. Hey, this is what I'm up against, uh, but I'm doing okay. Honestly, I. I, I mean, as what, much as I enjoy social media, to yeah, points, this is not. There's other things I don't understand. Right. It's like That's people. So like here's one pet peeve of mine. Okay. People who take pictures of their dead relatives' gravesite at the cemetery on Facebook. Miss you, out. mom. Miss you, dad. Of a, you know, it's like. I don't know. I don't get it. There's come points I've actually seen people take pictures of somebody in a coffin. That's really, yeah, that's taking it too far. Look, maybe if it's if it's uh, medicine, mental medicine for people to take a picture at the gravesite and say love you. Okay, fine, but taking a picture of someone in the coffin. Well, you're okay with a graveside picture? I'm not really. If you want to know the truth, I think it's a little macabre, but that's me personally. I mean, if it makes them feel better, who the fuck am I? I mean, to we tell them we don't know do somebody. It. We know somebody but, from our high school yeah. who posed with their dying wife, holding her hand, like someone take a picture as I'm saying my farewell to her. I mean, am I, I allowed to say that's a real a sick fuck act? Yeah, that's it. That's fucked up. That's called unfriend. Yeah, that's called see you later. Bye. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's that's a, that's a little deal. strange. As I said, June fifteenth, Ahmad Johnson, and June twenty fourth, we've got Big Brother star in studio, JoJo. <laughs> JoJo smoking boy. <laughs> oh, we getting nice and drunk that day. I'm feeling boisterous in there. It's kind of early in the morning, I think, or it might be late. Why do you I don't do, know. Why don't do you know. bring in a hot piece during the morning? I gotta wake up first to get excited. Farrow Farrow loves you? the girls. Need she, blood flow. You love the girls. Blood Flow. You love the girls, <laughs> yeah. You love them. I, I do, well, so do you, don't you? We had uh, you do name? this just to get a rise out of the. We had uh, that more girl good. in here who got angry at oh, us. Oh yeah, she wasn't happy. You, you, you. But John, I gotta ask you this: We had an NXT star in here, right? She's no longer in NXT. Okay. And you know, kind of asked her a question that she didn't think I knew, but she was dating Wardlow, so I hit her with that. Yeah. And you know, she. Enjoyed the interview immensely, but yeah. then at midnight I get a text like <laughs> screaming at me that I railroaded her. <laughs> what do you think of that? I mean, shouldn't she be if able she to? She was adjust? mad at the moment. She should have let you know. Not he yeah. probably got on her shit, and then that's exactly what I said. I said what local. But at that point, the, the horse is out of the barn, right? Exactly. There's yeah. no need at midnight to get on your case. So and it's yeah. a, it's good it's good press too. Yeah. Which girl from NXT? What was what's her name? Uh, Myla Moore. Myla Moore. Yeah, Myla Moore. He don't even remember. He don't her. even know her. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's like when she was there. So I you're mean, complaining about Triple H saying, hey, you, and you don't even know her name. You don't even have any negatives? Triple H almost every week for how many years? <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, man? The time NXT started, like, I was there for the first big show when they announced the new Performance Center. Right. Okay. And then they had the show. Was um, They do a ladder match that night, I think, for the title? Might I think that was the first, like, a pay-per-view right. NXT. So I was there. They did the big press conference, uh, the grand opening of the Performance Center. Then everybody went over to Full Sail. And in classic non-communication and working for WWE is we're breaking down and Hey, man, we got that big group picture. What big group picture? Yeah, Hunter wants everybody, uh, a picture of everybody on the crew, talent, on the stage. You got to take the photo. I said, when was somebody going to tell me this? You didn't know about it? No. So now we got to run out there, get a ladder, climb on a ladder, get everybody looking. I, it gets on Facebook a whole bunch of times for anybody from that era. There's probably 15% of the people that worked. That was 2013, so almost 10 years, like July of 2013. So almost 10 years ago, there's was, was probably 10% of the people left wow. talent and crew-wise. I mean, Sammy, Kevin were down there at the right. time. And, right. Um, well, you know, Roman was somebody else. Liaki, I guess his name was mm -hmm. originally. Right, right, right. The Shield wasn't the Shield back then. Right. Um, but yeah, you got to take a big group shot. And then I didn't go down there because we had Florida guys. So a lot of people I didn't know. And I would go down and I was like, who are you? Where's uh, so-and-so? I'm like, uh, you know, I'm the boss up on the main show, so I'm here working this week. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm slumming it. <laughs> NXT was always fun. It was tough shooting four shows a night, you know, they, the four tapings mm. right. before they went live uh, on USA. And you'd sit there and go, you'd shoot as much studio as possible, run across the parking lot to the arena, and then go through four tapings. You're like... But the crowds were. I, did you guys never go ever go down to a show at Full Sail? Well, no, no. I I, I heard it's a, like a, a nice, uh, small crowd, intimate was, crowd, right? It was uh, 250, 300 people, all the same fans. You got to know they had the great chance. It was different. It was a nice. It was a welcome change from a Raw or SmackDown. Right. It was intimate. It was a little, little, uh, you know, so a little it was arena. Like the old territory days. That's know? what it was felt like. Yeah. And nice. a lot of great talent. And those shows were really uh, what was, well what put was together. He, what was the young Roman Reigns like, from what you remember, considering where he is today? He, You know what? No tattoos. He wore trunks. He said the long hair. I don't really remember much of him because he was – that's how I remember him. And then he came out in the Shield that one night where they jumped uh, – they jumped Ryback, I think, mm -hmm. on, on mm -hmm. their, their debut. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's the guy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> is that Joe? Yeah, but now Joe. Seth, I had known because he came on an international tour with us. Uh, he was Seth Rollins. He had the half blonde hair, and I didn't know who he was. I forget what countries we were in, but they brought him up to work matches. And I'm like, man, this guy can really fly can around the ring, man. He's extremely go. talented. Yeah, nice kid. Uh, same with Sammy. When we did, we I made a big deal out of him being in Saudi last week. But when we went there in 2014, we did three live events. Nobody talks about because it, it wasn't television. But those were the first shows we did over there. And uh, Sammy was there. And he spoke, you know, because he spoke the language. And he mm. spoke, the crowd got into it. And he brought the boys to the local markets and showed them how to go shopping during the day and where everything was. And I'm watching this whole thing the last week. And, you know, the crowd's popping for him. Like, he already did this. You know, they made it like this never happened before because it wasn't on TV doesn't exist in the world of WWE. If it didn't happen on TV, 
Never happened. So, so you were you were <laughs> actually there for when they were testing the grounds in Saudi Arabia to see whether or not. Yeah, they were gonna... we did. We did three live events. We did three shows in three nights in the same building. Uh, we were told, "Don't leave the hotel. Don't wander around. Mm. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't bring this. Make sure nothing is in your." Uh, no porn on your computer. <laughs> it's like oh, they give you this whole sheet of right. what not to do. Say, right. don't try to sneak alcohol in. Don't try to find it. Apparently, you can find it if you look in the right places. Mm -hmm. So I'm Did on Did Vince come down for this? No, no, no. Really? Not for the live events now. No, just he curious because it's the testing ground. It feels like, you know, that was when they were. Nah, he the... wasn't there. And, you know, they kept saying the prince was going to be there. But you know, every time they say that, the guy never showed up. Okay. Uh, but it was much different. Than now, because if you saw anything that people are posting on social media now at the shows of the last couple of years compared to, you know, nine years ago, mm -hmm. no women from the office, no female wrestlers. Um, there were no women in the crowd. Right. Little girls. Once they're like turned 12 or whatever they call mm -hmm. it, they're considered a woman. Right. We saw them throw a couple out. All crying and upset. You know, they grabbed them and. Would they check their age? Nope. Over 12. Out of here. Uh, they just went by their look. Some, girl, some girls with the hair pulled up under the hats, right. like like low like this. And wow, that's funny. Guy goes, wow, I think that's a girl. I'm like, I think you're right, but she was looked like she was ten or eleven. But they wanted to come to the show. The crowds were okay. I mean, size wise, I think the government kind of makes you go, or they give you tickets. It's like a bizarre, interesting thing. Oh, over so, there are you, so are you trying to tell me like these Saudi crowds we're seeing now are kind of like forced crowds, like back in Korea? Well, no, uh, no, they're not, established not like now, that, but it's uh, but the people know the show. Right. I mean, if you look at the crowd, they know who, yeah. who's originally when we first started going, like the like that first big battle royal, they only popped for the older wrestlers mm -hmm. because I think back then when we first started going, they didn't have access to what was going on now. They were only would watch stuff on YouTube, right, right, and uh, I think as the country has progressed, as they like to say. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, they know what's going on as opposed to when we first went over there. Well, everybody, that's just a taste of what you're going to get after our commercial break because <laughs> we got the inside. We got the guy 21 years working for the WWE. In fact, I think I was there the day he told me he got the job, and uh, we right. were very excited. So, Gold's Jim, when we both used to, we were a little more svelte. A little more svelte, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'd like to thank the band that sings a theme song for Monty DeFaro and Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner Bart Griggs. Make mm -hmm. up the band Wisteria Hall. Bart Man. Wisteria Hall sings this song, is In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You could also just hear that cover of Wish You Were Here oh. on the Iron Sheik uh, tribute video that's been made for the show. I really appreciate that you enjoyed that version. That was very... I, I, I do very immensely. Cool. I do immensely. Thank you. Have a hard time putting it on YouTube because we have to share revenue with ah. Pink Floyd like they need... I don't want to give like, Roger Waters like, one <laughs> fucking dime. <laughs> Fuck you, Roger Waters, you fucking psychopath. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm Get out of our country. <laughs> um, yeah, go, Bastard. Go, go back to wherever the fuck you came from. You don't pay taxes here anyway you prick go to wisteria hall <laughs> yeah that guy's been on a working visa for the last 47 years oh, i can't stand him Boy, david gilmore forever you you suck roger Next. we need a new we need a new what president by the name of no don't say it. don't you don't you dare you're gonna get go find wisteria again. hall on the wisteria hall youtube page download their music on the spotify apple music don't even say don't even say another what? word reverb nation <laughs>
You can catch, if you didn't know, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestle broadcast, Monty DeFaro. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, the Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro Twitch TV page. And if you're lucky enough in, to live in New York, lucky. you'll get to catch Johnny Photo in the condensed, abbreviated, abbreviated condensed, version. Yeah, yeah, right. Three edited. times, not once, not twice, but three, three times. times. We're over 150,000 people watch us weekly on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. and Saturday at 11.30 a.m. and Channel 20 on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And then, and then we're also the flagship show of? of the app, the network, Intuitive. Spelled? I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E. Man, I'm getting good at that. You are getting good I'm at getting good at that. Especially when you read the cheat board. I just took a quick look. It was a it was a beautiful glance. What a pro. No, but uh, you are what? a pro. But, but, but listen, guys, seriously, I'll say it again. It's a free app. Download it on your phone. Download it on your Ro on Roku channel. Yeah. Right? You got documentaries. You got movies. Yeah. You've got uh, music videos. Yeah. But most and importantly, most importantly, the flagship show. The flagship show. Monty and the Pharaoh. Doesn't get better than that. And again, guys, it's free. It can't hurt. Just my, download it. My, my favorite four letter word. There you go. <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break where I'm excited to have our friend, former WWE making his return, photographer, Mr. Johnny Photo. We shall see you in a snapshot second. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, sport and non-sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sir? Ah. Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says Weed Whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? Love, Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows yeah. that oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so Manscaped is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we... As men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to oh, go do a deed on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, Mm. Then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line that yeah. I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is 
has like I said, well manicured. Yeah, you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides of that. I just don't. I don't want. <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. Oh, yeah, look but, what you found. Ooh, I got to be all gotcha. honest though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older <laughs> I get though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, <laughs> I found it! Have, I found have it! Have you ever gone down there and like, just like, you, she slowly brings down the underwear then? What is Retro. Just, Absolutely. You're retro? like, whoa! Wow! Yeah, like, I'm 46, like it pops out? Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> courage to get through. He's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, not all, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> listen, can't, I couldn't, I couldn't Super say Bush. I couldn't say it. Well... If you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a drop kick second. A oh, drop boys. kick all right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty DeFaro. We we're welcoming Johnny Photo back in studio. Johnny, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. Doing all right. Figured I'd wear a uh, wrestling shirt, but not a WWE shirt. I'm going to honor John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. Did you know Huber? Yeah, he's a great dude. We used to talk hockey all the time. Big hockey fan. Grew up in Rochester, or as he called it, Rochester. New York. He was a big Leafs fan. We would go at it all the time. What, oh, what was man. the rumor oh, yeah. around the wrestling circles of what he passed away from? I mean, you read what he Nothing. passed away from, like I, some it, kind of lung when disease. It, when it, I, to be honest with you, when it first came I, it came out that he passed away, n nobody had any. First of all, like none of us, nobody had any idea he was sick. I mean, I, for them to kayfabe something like that for months is pretty incredible in this day and age. Uh, but according to his wife, is you know, she explained it all. And that's what I'll go with, you know. I'm not going to speculate. The guy was in, you know, he had dropped some weight. He was looking good. He was doing a lot of cardio. Uh, hell of a nice guy. One of the nicest, scary-looking men you'll ever, ever meet in your right, life. Right. He really was a nice guy. Uh, we have our hockey arguments. He was a big Leafs fan. I was, I'm an Islanders fan. and uh, You didn't rub in all those damn cups, did you? Nah, a few, but he got when Tavares when Tavares left. I said, he's, "There's no way he's leaving the Islands." And then when he signed that contract, oh man, did he get? He got all over me. <laughs> he was relentless. Actually, I had to bet one of our merch guys was from Toronto, and I said, "If he leaves, I will buy you a an official jersey, not a cheap one, stitched oh, jersey." Boy. So that SummerSlam, we're in Toronto. We got to we got to go up into the store. They they brought a video crew, Renee Young, oh, Renee Paquette, interviewing, doing this whole spiel about me buying his jersey, <laughs> forking over the cash. Now it cost me like 180 bucks, but you know they never aired it. Of course, we, I don't even know what happened to the video. Yeah, you gotta get your hands on that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I said the only thing worth it was getting spending the time with Renee. <laughs> there you go. All right, dude. So 21 years with the uh, world. 21 wrestling. and a half. You, but you joined them. You, jo you joined them when it was still World Wrestling Federation, right? October two thousand. Yeah. My first mm -hmm. show was Hartford, Connecticut. It was the night after Kurt won the title. I did. I wasn't at the pay per view. And maybe it was Night of Champions. Kurt won the won the title for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I had interviewed. I mean, if you the, the backstory is for me getting in there was you know we, we were all fans growing up. You know we all do stupid wrestling shit. 
with our camcorders and whatever, but right. back in the day. He wasn't on the cards that we used to make. Why wasn't he wrestling with us? He was on it. He was watching. You know, we he did was stuff at Patino's house, right? Yeah, all the time, man. And uh, so my, my first job when I was shooting hockey, the, the, the old photographer that hired me would rent the photo strobes, the flashes up in the ceiling when WWF came to Nassau. Back then, it was still real. Right. You know. So I would meet him. I'd turn on the lights, meet him somewhere in the stands. Wasn't allowed backstage. Wasn't allowed anywhere. I'd go up in the catwalks, hang out in the press room, make sure nothing happened with the lights. I always got sent because my boss knew I was a wrestling fan. So he's like, I hey, make some extra money and go watch the show. And so <laughs> I'll never forget it was one of the other guys. And we're up in the catwalks. And we'll say, he'll always look down and there's uh I'm pretty sure it was Earthquake and Tugboat in the ring. Like, I don't know if they were a tag team or they were going against each other at the time. I, I forget when, it, you know, that time frame. But uh, they were in the ring, like, going over stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty wild, <laughs> you know, to watch that. You saw them rehearsing. Yeah. Nice. You know, and, uh, you Very know, cool. it was different back then because they taped a whole bunch of shows yeah. and made the TV show out of those. And then one time they said, hey, we, we want, to, uh, want you to come shoot a show. Because uh, I don't want to travel so much, and maybe we'll use you when, when they come to Nassau. It was ringside, the height of Sunny, and all that. And she's in these shorts, and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, she's like, she's leaning over the ring. And, you know, the pyro guys, it was a completely different setup then. It was before Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Flair, Flair was with WWF at that time, mm-hmm. which was pretty wild to see him mm-hmm. as, a, you know, in my 20s. It was still like, you grew up. Like, you knew him from the magazines. We didn't see him on TV when we were kids, but you know who he was. And they liked his stuff. And like, ah, now we're going to do something different. And if, as it got bigger, I went and shot from hard camera a couple of times. Uh, I was actually at the show when they, they put the cement in Vince's Corvette. Right. Nice. And I was backstage taking pictures of that. And they're like, oh, go back and do this. I'm like, I don't think, you know, I was getting back into it at that, that point. You know, it was getting huge again. And uh, probably like a year or two after... He, uh, he, my boss called the guy I worked with, said, hey, there's a photo editing position opening up. He's like, I don't want to drive to Connecticut. He lived in Oceanside. About like four or five months later, he's uh, on the phone. He comes in, he's like, hey, Tom just called. Tom Buchanan was the old photographer who hired me. <clears throat> he's looking for somebody. I just got married. I don't want to travel. I'm like, I'm single. I'll talk to him. And we're on the phone for like an hour that Friday night. Explain the job, and uh, he's like, do a cover later, do this, put my name on it so it gets shoved through human resources. Got a call like a week or two later to go for an interview, interviewed with HR, and like the last question was, what's the starting salary? When they told me, I went, it's more than I'm making after 10 years of working at this job. Can I, can I, ask, you, <laughs> can I ask you what the starting salary was back in there? The start, uh, 45000 and it was in 2000. That's Damn. pretty good. That's great. Yeah, 401k. Great. They hadn't gone public yet, so like actually they went public the week I started. Right. When I had the ring set, I didn't shoot any of that. That was when I had the ring set up at uh down on Wall Street. Yep. So it was Hartford, Nassau Coliseum, for SmackDown, and I went drove home like a half hour, and then I didn't have to go to the office. I'm like, wow, I'm off doing go to the gym and doing nothing the rest of the week till I had to go to the next show. That's amazing. After forty five thousand, amazing. So for, for all the years of hockey, I'd process all the film, go shoot a hockey game, go back 9 o'clock the next morning, process all this film. We had photographers all over the country shooting different games. It was like almost nonstop during the hockey season. Now, this was go to the office once every few weeks, drive up to Stanford, 
I'll go home and like go to the gym in the morning and do whatever the hell I want and not be bothered by any, Who, who'd you by work anything. For with, who'd you work for with hockey? Was it the Islanders? Or? Uh, I worked for a company called Bruce Bennett Studios. Okay. So we were we were contracted. So we were team photographers for the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, and the Flyers, which was, as you guys know, I'm a huge hockey fan. So it was like a dream job. Right. Being around the Stanley, you know, shot nine Stanley Cup finals, right. traveled to Europe shooting world tournaments. That was like the dream job. But you get to a point where you go, I should be making more money. Right. You right. know, when you're 25 and you're in a Stanley Cup locker room, you could have, I would have paid you to do that. When you get hit your thirties, like you know, well, I want to buy a house. I yeah, want to right. do this. It's I want to do that. Kind of loses. I can't do that thing. off of this. And this job came on. I was single, so I, you know, they already told me, do you have a passport? I'm like, yeah, I've been to Europe. You're probably going to England and Jamaica with like in the first month of working here. I'm like Jamaica for what? Oh, for the diva shoot. I'm like the what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, a month in, I'm on a I'm on a plane with one of the makeup artists to what? catch the last. Good. The last group of women in, in Jamaica for the diva shoot. And it was Lita, uh, China, and Deborah McMichael. Or wow. Deborah, she was married to Steve at the time. All right, so, so be honest, though. Is there a part of you in Johnny Photo's mind like, man, maybe one will catch a glimpse of me and we're going to hit it off and we're going to make something happen here? What? No. Never? No. Do you ever attempt to make something happen? But if, first, they, they're all probably going to kick the crap out of me. Let's be honest. China. <laughs> you pictured uh, Miss Jacqueline more. Oh, no, well, well, she worked stiff as it was in the ring. The other girls used to get mad at her. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, the, the craziest one, the, the craziest one that was the most fun that uh, it was a weird relationship that we had as coworkers was Ivory. Because she would physically beat me up. All the time. All the time. And she knew, you know, my wife used to work in the office, and she knew her. And I said, you know, Jen doesn't like when you do that to me. And then she, she stopped. So you wife somebody else. Wait a minute. Your wife used to give you a hard time because Ivory used to beat you up? She knew it. She, did a, she used to work in the office. That's where we met. And she knew Ivory. But she, nah, she, I would just say joking around. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because she always say, well, you know, Jen, she's always talking about you. I'm like... She gets mad. She doesn't really want you hitting me like that anymore. <laughs> I didn't. Cool. I loved it. She was crazy. I, she was legit, legit crazy. Funny as hell. But she'd bring. She brought this bullwhip one year, and we were in Arizona when we did the one in Phoenix, and she was snapping the tops off the flowers because we'd be we'd go, we'd all <laughs> sit together and drink all night, and then wake up at like five in the morning. So she, but she's like, yeah, like, you know, Lisa. We're going to get in a lot of trouble from the hotel. I mean, I don't even know what the alcohol bill was. And I was, my boss at the time was about to get birth, so they left me in charge. I'm like, you, I'm in charge of running this whole shoot with TV. And it was like, <laughs> it was like a free-for-all. <laughs> All right, so what happened, John? 21 years, what happened? You know, it was, uh, the company got more, it was gotten more corporate. I'm sure as you guys read whatever on the, uh, the internet or There's whatever, big changes, and, yeah. you know, new people coming in, running everything. Yeah. Um, there was some changes at the top, and I think my boss just, uh, you know, sometimes they like you till they don't. And I've seen it happen with lots of people and uh, nitpicky stuff. And I, I mean, I couldn't give you any reason. Like, I'm never disrespectful to anybody. We all would say ridiculous things to each other. That's the way life was on the road. Got in trouble for something because somebody told on me. I'm like, 
I've been called way worse by, you know, hires up in this company. But were you shocked or you kind of felt like you felt like something was coming? As it was getting to that, oh, I knew it was coming because I was getting uh, ghosted, like on schedule stuff and all kinds of other things. So it was, you know, you'd have to be pretty stupid from the perspective of how I was being treated leading up to that point. And I said it to the guys, the last TV I worked was in Norfolk, Virginia. I said, Something's going down, man. And they're like, oh, come on. You, you, you know, even one of the kids from your house, come on, you've been here forever. You do everything. You're, you're, I said, if I'm talking schedule and I'm not getting a, getting a response, you know, because we were always two months ahead. Right. And then there was that Friday, like meeting times were changed. And next thing you like to do it with Zoom. And, uh, you know, that's how, that's how I was told. <laughs> Can I ask what that conversation was like? It was just, uh, I went on, got online, and a, a screen popped up, and it was HR, my boss, and I'm, I'm like, am I getting, I knew what was going on. Right, yeah. Why else would they be like that? And uh, I'm like, I'm getting fired? And I started laughing, like it, the incredulous laugh, like, really? Right. Mm. And he was on, oh, it's always tough when these things happen, and they have to cut off, and then HR does everything after that. So he, he can't, you know, he has to stay on for like no longer than two minutes. Did they give you a reason, or was it just like we just decided to, you know? Yeah, nah, nah, no, they don't, no reason. Just, you know, we decided it's time to part ways. I'm like, okay. <laughs> was there a change in power, like with your bosses above you? Yeah. So there was a change. There was a change. Uh, the long term head of the department was let go. Someone below got promoted, who I had a very good relationship with over the years. So that was what caught me off guard the most. Like, mm. you know, this person going along with us. Were you, were you hurt by that? Yeah. Yeah, you give them, make a lot of, per you know, I'm not the only one. I'm like, you know, anyone that works or travels for any company is a lot of personal sacrifices. You miss, I can tell you how many parties, birthday parties, holidays, uh, every, it was all, you know, work. And I told my kids that night, I said, you can learn a valuable lesson. Don't ever put work in front of your family because they don't care about you. You're just a number. I made more, way more important people than me in that company or any other, you know, major corporation globally. They don't care who you are or what you've done. Worked. Why we came here and sat here with COVID? I told you what we were doing to get to COVID, get get down to Florida. Was driving to Philadelphia, driving back, flying back to Philadelphia, putting an extra three hours of a, a, a day in travel. Hey, that's great. We really appreciate you doing that. Nah, not too much, I guess. Two years mm. later, you know, a year later, who cares? Mm. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> no, right. So, I mean, I miss, I, I, I don't miss dealing with that person anymore. It was really starting to get on my nerves. It was, you know, you can't escape anything working there. There's, there's no going home and turning it off. I would land and it'd be five emails on, on a Tuesday morning. Like, they call me. I'm like, dude, like, I'm up at, I'm, I'm working till midnight, at, you know, after a show. Getting up at three to fly home. Can I go like go take a nap and call you at like two in the afternoon? <laughs> what is so urgent? Why are you sending me an email on Saturday morning when it could be sent on Monday? Hmm. Well, my wife. It's not like we needed a photographer. If you could call me and you need somebody, that's well, a, that's a six a.m. email. My wife's gonna kill me for this question, but it's just me, right? So you started <laughs> forty-five, twenty-one years later. What does it end at as a photographer? In two thousand and oh, I was director. I got promoted. I worked my way up from. Staff photographer, senior staff photographer, manager. I don't think I, I think I went from manager to director. 
I don't think I was a senior manager. You know, sometimes they just give you titles. Yeah, sure. Just sure. to give you more money. They have to justify right. to the higher-ups why you should get this bump up in pay. Right. And what happened was we were on the TV. We were bouncing around. We were like the redheaded stepchildren of the company. You know, it's a television production company. Everything revolves around TV. You guys know that. And it was get out of the way. Don't do that. All right, you know, how can you get that shot? Well, the cameraman was standing there. It was like people in the office had no idea. Well, I saw it on TV. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, so the they, cameraman they, they was would standing get pissed. There. So if you missed a shot, there was a, like they saw something that they thought you should have got. Something, it was a big spot. And uh, So wait, I, I'm sorry. So are they expecting, like, is there points where your boss is like, okay, look, the script is here. You need to be ready for this move type well, of thing? Well, it was, it was like certain spots were... It wasn't every week, but there was some big matches. You know, Vince is getting put through a table. You know, you got to get that. But when there's five cameramen and they're shoving you out of the way, what are you supposed to do? It's physically impossible. Yeah, so you got two people fighting to do something for their job. And it's a TV and, show. Wow. I mean, I, I mean I've, I've, I'll give you an example of one. Was Remember that Hell in the Cell? It was DX against Vince, Shane, and Big Show. Okay. Uh, we think we were in Toronto, and we were told the shot to get was Vince's head and Big Show's ass. That came from Vince. <laughs> get that shot, Johnny. So they're still lining up the spot. The show was knocked out, and I'm holding my ground against the cameraman. He gave me shit. He got on my case afterwards. I said, dude, all that was in my head the entire day was Vince's head and Big Show's ass. Right. You know? Right. And we got the shot. And then you go on like nothing ever happened. You don't get the shot, you, you're, getting, you're, getting in a, you're getting called into a meeting. And by the way, we're going to show some of the epic, epic shots that Johnny's taken, and we'll let him describe these. And these are ones that you see in all the documentaries, right. All, right. The, all the shoot interviews, all that stuff. Right. Epic, epic film. Hey, can I throw in the typical nerd question? Are you able to watch wrestling now after all of this shit, or are you like, fuck wrestling? Uh, you know what? The only stuff I don't, I don't, I'll put it on once in a blue moon. I, the, the bloodline storyline is, great. uh, it's great. It's probably the only really thing worth watching. Okay. I think Sam, I love Sammy as a human being. Okay. I think he's one of the, the greatest people you'll ever meet. Uh, Kevin and, you know, Roman is a great guy. The, the twins are, I've known them since they first got called up. Rikishi, I'm, you know, the, the younger brother, he, I don't really know him well. He came up after I was, uh. Let Solo. go. So I don't know yeah, him that well, but yeah. mm -hmm. you know Jimmy and Jay, awesome guys. Hung out with them plenty. You know, had a few cocktails, shot the shit. Did the wrestlers reach tours. out to you after you were let go? Like, did you hear from some of the? I heard all, all three members of New Day. Nice. I That's got a, cool. I got a text from Xavier Woods that night. Really? Like around midnight, because the you know was word started spreading around when my guys, my, the other photographers, mm -hmm. uh, Kofi sent me a long message on Facebook. Which then followed up by him abusing me for being a Jets fan, so he couldn't. He had to get that one in there. Right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that guy never should have been champion anyway. Shut up, Kofi. All right. And uh, Biggie, Biggie sent me a text. You know, I, I still text with Biggie every now and again. You know, right. I wish him a happy birthday. Ask him how he's doing. He buzzes me back right immediately. Cool. All three guys are you know awesome. Three awesome people. Uh, who else? Uh, Megan Morant, one of the the backstage interview. She sent mm -hmm. me a text. Uh, a few other uh, Shane Helms. The okay. next morning, I woke up. There was a message from him, and one of the guys told me Michael Hayes just walked up and said, "What the fuck?" 
mm, with photo, be. and they just they shook their head like. Now, he and I would go at it all the time. He'd give me shit about the Jets. Another it was nonstop. <laughs> what is this? Because well, everybody knows how bad we are. Oh uh, yeah, were Michael. You know, Michael Cole. A lot, a lot of people call me like as word was spreading in the afternoon. Mm. It happened at noon by my meeting, and then I guess they had their production meeting at one o'clock or whatever. I got Michael Cole. I got a you know what the fuck from Michael Cole. <laughs> Michael Cole. I text with him all the time because we bitch about the Mets and the Jets. Like, right, sure. Constantly, he and I text all the time. Cole's a Mets and Jet fan. I'm just yeah. curious. Is he really? Yeah, he's uh oh yeah. I'll Are get you a text. Mets and Jets. Yeah. Wow. I'm a gym fan. Jets Islanders Mets. I'm perpetually gotcha. disappointed. Dude, every every season we might not talk for four months. He's ruined. Eternally. And this is what I'll get. We he's suck. Ruined. And I go. Oh. Of course we. I'll do. have a little bit of positivity on the Jets. I get a text from him. They suck. Oh no! Forget it. No, no. This guy. We got Aaron Rodgers. He's like, oh yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm like, what? No, with Aaron Rodgers, I'm I'm waiting for the injury. Stop you know it. He's gonna get hurt. Stop it. Stop all of this bad karma. Get the fuck out of the room. Okay. I would like to be gone. Dude, when they were seven and four, I'm like, oh my god. But you had to man. know though. Last year, you had to know. Couldn't you see it coming? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. See, now I'm being a realist. I could see that shit. That coming. horrible roughing the passer on no, the pick stop six. it already. This didn't happen. That, that happened like three times in a, like Just in stop. three games. It's terrible. It's right. terrible. Well, hey, so uh, anywho, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. After you leave, go. right? We we all know that the leader Vince McMahon. He's gone through some really good stuff and some really bad stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, most recently was you know he had a step down for some of the affairs that he allegedly had. Guess Being guys just floating around, do these rumors go around about Vince doing this sort of stuff, or how does that work? When when all this came out, honestly, <clears throat> no clue. Never heard any of that. Never? Nah. Never heard it. Um, that, I'm, I'm being honest. That when yeah. all that stuff came out, and it was it was probably came out a month after I got let go, and then all this all this shit starts coming out because it was this weird transition of Stephanie had left, right, to be with her, hang, be spend more time with the kids, right. Hunter had his serious health issue. Yep, he was she was, and all of a sudden it's Vince is being forced to step down. Stephanie's coming back. Okay, Vince is pushing his way back in. Stephanie's leaving to spend time with the kids. Like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. You brought up Hunter when that whole thing was going down. What's the rumors going? Were people thinking he wasn't going to make it? What, what was what was that? What were the people talking about when, there? You know, at, at the beginning, I didn't hear much. I know one of the I actually got it. We all what one of the Saudi shows. It was in the fall, and our flight. We would always take a Saudi Air. Was direct to JFK. Gets canceled. Actually, they never really canceled it. They just, just wasn't leaving. There was probably about a dozen of us from the office, all flying to New York. They weren't giving us any answers. We didn't know what was going on. Um, so we started texting. The head, of, the head of security was on our flight. He was in some special lounge that always, you know, I don't even know how you get in there. He somehow talks to the people up there. They let us all in. Now, we're trying to figure out how the hell we're getting home because you know there's only a couple of flights a day to try to get somewhere there was some computer glitch i don't even know what story they told right uh we ended up getting on a uh, qatar airways flight at 5 p.m we were right at the airport at like four in the morning for a six to seven a.m flight to new york 
They were all sleeping in the lounge. Like they must have been on who the hell you? <laughs> goofball Americans <laughs> on the couch. Who's on the floor? Who's behind the couch? We ended up on the same flight. Like one hour flight from Riyadh to uh, Doha, and then a seven hour layover. Now you could drink once you get out of Saudi. You could drink in in Doha in the airport in a massive lounge like the size of five football fields. Like four of us together start eating, and then you know, hey, I'll have a beer. I'm like. I get a text. For some reason, because uh, I don't have a number, <clears throat> it says maybe Stephanie McMahon. I open it. Johnny, how you doing? Are you guys okay over there? We heard this. This word got back to her that a whole bunch of us were stuck. She texted everybody. See how they were doing. Who was texting everybody? Stephanie. Steph- oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. I was like, yeah, you know, this stuff happens. What are you going to do? Um, you know, just write it out. She texts back. Yeah, it's true. That's not your first rodeo. Be safe. I say, hey, give my send my best to Paul, please. And she's like, Oh, I will. He's uh he's doing better. And you know, that was sometime in October. And then when he started coming back around, I guess was was he at Mania last year? I think he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And uh, he looked good, but you know, you could tell he lost weight. And then a few people said it was pretty serious. I don't know how serious it was. I heard some people saying that it was uh it was pretty serious. Like it was some scary shit. Um, it wasn't a run of the mill, you know, little. Whatever, you know, but it was, according to people, you talk to whoever talks, you know, everybody talks. Um, they said it was pretty serious. So, he's, I mean, even he said he was lucky to be alive. Yeah, he was close. He was pretty close to death. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole structure of what's going on with that family running that organization and you're working for them. With all this upheaval, right? You got Vince in trouble. Triple H is having medical problems. Is there a point where you're like, they're just going to sell this company? We're all going to be out of jobs? Or what are you guys thinking about? I think the thought was, well, I mean, I was already out at that. You know, I right. was out at that point. Well, once the Vince, I was gone by the time all the Vince. No, but I just say in general, ta- talking right? To, right? If I was still there, or in talking to talking to my former coworkers that I still keep in touch with, they're all like, oh, something's going to be happening. I mean, it's like. And then when Vince pushes way back in, then they're like, are we all going to lose our jobs? Like, who the, who's he selling it to? You know, he wants his money and he's going to take it and run. Now you got this whole merge you, slash purchase. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Endeavor. Merging, merging with UFC now, how do you feel about that? I, it's weird because, you know, I, I, I saw some interview with Nick Khan saying they got to cut $50 million off the payroll. Now, how do you, how do you, you're not getting rid of Roman. How many wrestlers could you get rid of and how many office people to make up that number? You, do, you ever you see, do you ever see NXT <laughs> being eliminated? I don't think so. I think it's a good uh, so <clears> avenue <throat> for the company. How, how, how much money did Khan million say bucks has to cut in salary in, in an operational yeah, cost? From what I read, in Nick Khan said they have to cut fifty million. Fifty? Fifty million. There goes NXT. Why does a billion dollar company like that have to cut fifty million? I think when these companies merge or purchase, it's happened a million times. There's redundancy. How many accountants do you need? Do you need five accountants for you, Endeavor, and the five accountants, or do you just yeah, but get rid of that, two like, or three? But like you said, if you have multiple accountants, multiple photographers, multiple cameramen, I get it, but is that going to equate $50 million? No, but I, th- I think for the production end of it, I don't think a lot of on the surface, they won't get rid of those, those uh, the WWE cameramen because you can't just plug somebody down by the ring. Mm. And do that job. It's not like shooting a baseball game. You got to know the storyline. You got to know who. Wouldn't does it be what. the same for a photographer like yourself? We brought in a lot of people. You got to train them. 
and that, that's another thing. I was I trained probably like five or six photographers over the last couple of years. So you know, writing on the wall, not really mm. thinking that because I run every. I was the guy that was running everything, and then I got th- I got thanked in my review for not pushing back on all these people they brought in. I'm like, well, that's my job, right? Just, I, I, am I gonna say no? If, if you could go back. <laughs> What could Johnny Afoto have done differently to change that outcome? I ain't training anybody. Uh, I can honestly, I, not that I worked my ass off at that company. <laughs> you know, you're on the road all these years. You say things that were never a problem. And all of a sudden, they become a problem. Maybe nobody liked, some new people didn't like the boisterous side of it, which was like that forever, but... The road was the road was changing. Maybe I could have seen that, but I don't think I I didn't curse at people. I, I like I said that one thing. I had four or five of the photographers text me and thank me for helping them, being a mentor, showing them the way, and making sure they they knew how to work and get along with the cameramen and everybody else backstage. And for keeping, especially the females, keeping an eye on them and making sure the goofs aren't you know being disrespectful on the crew. Not mm. the talent, the crew. John, I'm getting the feeling you were almost cancel cultured by some <laughs> asshole. Am I am I wrong to feel that way? I mean, you could just not if been. you want. Right, could have been. All right, all right. All right. Well, let's go through some positivity. We're going to show some pictures, Johnny. Maybe it was a good run. Didn't uh, Zach Ryder say that it was a good run, or did he say it's a de- it was a decent run? I forget what he had said. <laughs> Besides, woo woo woo. All right, so picture no- picture number one. <laughs> Undertaker throwing Rikishi oh my God, that's your off photo? the cage. That's your yeah. photo, Johnny? Yeah. That's a great photo. That was my first Hell in a Cell. Uh, Damn. That was 2000, December 2000. And uh, I think we were in Birmingham, Alabama. And so my boss was inside the cell. I was outside. And he's, you know, where they're like, they, I don't even know. I forget if they rehearsed that or what they did. He just said, just be prepared at some point when just keep an eye on Rikishi and, and Taker. Fighting on the top of the cell, coming towards you. He's throwing them off into the, the flatbed, you know, the bed of the truck. Right. And I just happened to catch him right, you know, in the middle as he's falling it's, down. It's a mere second or two, but how many snaps do you get as he's coming down? That's, we used to shoot with, with photo strobes. We had okay. them in the lighting truss. So you take one shot, you have three seconds for it to recycle. It. So you got to wow. pick that moment. You got to be. Wow. Like we did to now. Yeah. Oh, man. Now they kind of make it... A, Monty proof, like Monty could actually maybe Monty catch something, proof. right? My thumb. I don't know about Monty proof, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a, I, and we we could have this battle out on the road, and I would say, and a few other guys would say it. Anybody could put their finger down. You got to know, especially in this industry or any sport, or hockey when it was strobes. It's, I mean, but you can only have that one picture to take, mm. and you got to wait three seconds. You have to know exactly when to, you know. Sometimes yeah. you miss it. Sometimes you, you know, no. Right. I mean, the one picture that. And this was film back then, so I didn't even know what I got until it went back to the lab, to Stanford. They sent it to the lab, and like, holy shit, John, you got the, the same as when Brock missed the, uh, the F5 at WrestleMania 19. Wow. I got his face hitting the mat. Wow. And his eyes looked like they're popping out of his yeah. head. His skull turned purple. That's been, that's been, that was used a few times. Um, in fact, the funny story about him was they wanted to use it for a later issue for some best of thing. And say, could you ask him if it's okay? We don't want to run it, and he's going to get mad, and we're going to get a phone call. You know, we don't want an angry Brock calling us. <laughs> wow, even the photographers are scared Dude, the of Brock. The world is terrified of Brock. <laughs> well, I'm not. I, I, I've known him since he first came up. I, I always got along great with him. 
and I would give him, I would give him shit. And he would just laugh. Uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, not a problem. Can you guys make me a print of that?" Wow, <laughs> he wanted cool. a print of it wow. for his cool. for his house, but not Brock was. Yeah, he's a scary dude. I mean, he's a, he's a big motherfucker. You, know? <laughs> you think? All right, but <laughs> I always got along with him, and I would work. With him. I was like, "Dude, we gotta get these pictures done." And people are like, "You talk to him like that?" I'm like, well, "We got a job to do. I don't care who." To... I mean, I won't talk to Taker like that, but Brock, I knew would. Brock was cool. <laughs> Taker, you, Taker, you can't mess around with. Later on in his career, when he mellowed out, we would work him over. But when I first started, I was deathly afraid of him. Mm. Wow. In fact, he got on my, my shit not too long after I started, and I was I thought I was done. Well, tell, well, it wasn't tell, even my well. Tell the story. Tell the story. I, I didn't even feel it was my fault. So this is why. So we're in New Jersey. I'm probably with the company like five or six months. So a lot of the t- I did, I just shot ringside. I never shot studio. I didn't really I didn't interact with the talent at all. Hung around backstage all day, minded my own business. Went to the ring, shot the match, and we left. So I didn't have the interaction years later when we started touring. There were no tours back then. Then we went to England twice a year to do a pay-per-view for Sky Sports. It wasn't like the 10-show tours where we're on the bus and we're with these guys and girls for a week and a half straight. So my boss goes, you have to take everybody's headshot for the athletic commission so they have them for their athletic, whatever license they needed. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, <laughs> the one guy goes laughing. The other photographer's like... Nice job. We were doing a double shot in Jersey. So it was, they had me in a broom closet with a couple of lights in the background and like three WWF t shirts. It was still WWF back then, uh, polo shirts. And he walks by and says, Hey, uh, t- uh, excuse me, are we going to get the, can you come into those pictures? And he goes, Nope. As he's walking past, everyone, everyone pops. I go, I knew this was going to be tough. He goes, Are you saying I- I'm tough? I'm like, No, 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 no. Oh, shit. I said, This is going to be tough. Now, I didn't, it, so he thought I was. Oh. Giving him shit, right? Being disrespectful, which I wasn't. I said this job, not you. And one of the guy, one of the, my boss goes, he'll hold that for six months, and then it'll be forgotten. And it's true because he came in to do a shoot not long after, and he made a comment about. I said I'd be here. Here I am. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I just had to take it. And I, honestly, about six months after that, everything was fine. <laughs> Everything's not all forgotten. Then as years went on, we had we we had a really good relationship. We, it was when he married Michelle. Michelle and I were always friendly, and then his daughter would come backstage. In fact, we did every time we were in Austin, he would come because he lived somewhere outside of Austin, I think. And his daughter, we had the studio set up. We'd be next to catering. I was like, "Oh, you want some pictures?" She's doing all the you know the Shakespeare, all his poses. And uh, so she walks, so she leaves, she goes sit down with her mother and father. I said, uh, take her, you know, I took more pictures of your daughter and his, and his last, more pictures of your daughter in five minutes than I did of you in the last seven years. <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, that's true. I mean, when I first started, I would never thought, think of ever saying anything like that to him. But he mellowed out as time went on. And he, re- he respected the fact that we were on the road and. Busting our ass. Trying to do and a we job. we respected the business. We respected what, right. the was talent. He, was he truly the captain? Was he the messier of that locker room? Oh, yeah. He was. Yeah, he didn't, uh, I mean, he would, the shit he would say to Big Show and work him over. I mean, you really? just, to sit and listen to some of the stuff that would go on. Can you give us an idea? Like we what were, uh, we were on tour in Europe somewhere. We were in Italy. And the hotel was probably like a football field's length away from the building. And they put us on a bus to like drive around, whatever. And show starts complaining, and he always called him Paul. 
Paul, if we had a walk, you'd complain too. Just be quiet. <laughs> I think the first, and Kane was no, you know, he and Kane were tag teaming at the time. Big show and uh, Kane, I actually think it was the tour after uh, Eddie passed away, which was rough to begin with. But then, mm. so show, I think, sends somebody out to get a few bags of uh, McDonald's. So they're sitting in the production office. We're all hanging around and waiting for the show to start. And all of a sudden I see Kane come over and he's got a whole bunch of fruit. He takes the McDonald's bags, he dumps them out, and he puts all the fruit in the bag, and he takes all the McDonald's and walks away with it. So Show goes to sit down. He's like, who the fuck did you Did you ever see, foresee Kane becoming a uh, politician? You know what? He's a very smart man. And he was sitting and, and talk or hear him talk on the buses. He and Brian Danielson would go at it politically all their opposite oh, right. ends of the spectrum i can hear Brian and they were and they were they, they were the tag team at the time so they were always together and it would just they would go at it politically and uh glenn's a very soft-spoken i mean you see that's how he is i mean when i first met him and that's another thing you were left so those those headshots he had the big curly hair he really didn't want to take the picture but he had to and his head is like this they use that as his passport photo <laughs> Like a year and a half later, when we first started going back overseas, we went to Japan, Singapore, and Kuala Lumpur, and we're at the airport in L.A. I think we, we would TV somewhere here in the East Coast, and we were on a private plane to L.A., spent the day in Los Angeles, and then we flew out at night, and everyone's got their passports, and he's like, look at this picture John, John took of me. This has, nobody's going to let me in the country. I can't believe, oh, he was all over me. <laughs> he's going to let you in so the country. So, of course, I said, to, I said, if you just would have done what i asked you the picture wouldn't look like this yeah <laughs> so now all the boys are popping because i'm giving him shit and uh he's just shaking his head i'm like he's gonna you know these guys they, they you know suddenly they've gotten us back around by the ring if they've wanted to you know <laughs> they didn't have to work you he never did i was waiting for him to do something to me at one point and get me back get me back but it just the picture became a joke you know it was just a long-running joke between the two of us Let's talk about this next picture, the I'm Sorry picture with uh, Shawn Michaels and wow. uh, Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, uh, you know, we all knew it was coming. Excellent. And you get to that point, and you're here on headset, you know, and so I, you know, I'm just looking in the spot knowing where Shawn's going to kick him. I do the I'm Sorry, I Love You. No clue. I'm just, I know where Rick is standing, and I'm just wide enough so I don't miss anything. And then again, I was digital, so you look back at the sequence like, all right, I got it. And then, you know, it ends, and he's crying, the whole family, and you get, you know, you get emotional. I mean, Rick is a, you know, he's a character. I spent a lot of time with the guy. <laughs> he's a good dude. Of course, you know, he knew he wasn't going to stay retired, unfortunately. <laughs> all right, how about one of the more, most iconic pictures, the 21-0 Undertaker picture? Oh, yeah, I love that shot. He lost the next year too. That was that mm. was this was MetLife, yeah, in uh, 2013. Yeah, those were I always had a, for WrestleMania. I always had a third camera with a fisheye lens to get pyro and everything else. And you know, you know, every year he starts. I, I guess did they say he, they first started bringing up the streak in uh, at WrestleMania 17? Yeah, I was I was gonna think around that time because you know, that was my first WrestleMania, so right. I was not keen on what was going on leading up. Leading up to that, and I think right after that, it was like that was ten and zero, right? When he beat mm -hmm. uh, Triple yeah. H at yeah. the yep. Astrodome. Yeah, so you get to that one, and like you know, that's the shot. You know, it's coming, and it's just 
He's going to do the Shakespeare. Was the whole Paul Bearer died, you know, right. what, a few months before that mania. Right. They made that a major part of the storyline, and you're just waiting for him to hit the pose and the pyro to go off and do they blast away. Do they ever turn to you and say, thank you for that picture? Like, what an incredible job. Because they have to look back and look at your work and go, Man, you immortalized me with some of the some of these pictures. Uh, I never, I never spoke to you know. I, I small talk with Sean over the years. So, so I mean, something like that never came up. Um, <clears throat> I know when I posted the photo of uh, that picture of Eddie that I took, where he's like hands like this and he's looking at the camera, and that was a backstage thing. And I, I wrote a story about it, and, and Chavo commented because Chavo and I follow each. Chavo and I follow each other on Instagram. And it was, I, I thought the way what he wrote really, you know, made, give me a lump in my throat because he said, uh, I never knew you took that photo. I feel so much better knowing our history with my family and you that you took that photo. Mm. Wow. And I was like, wow, because Chavo and I, we, nice. we would sit and shoot the shit all the time. He's such a good dude. We'll message each other on Instagram, you know, just about different stuff. In fact, yo, he, he posted a photo of him and Evan Bourne, <clears throat> and he was putting over Evan about how, you know, there are certain guys you can have a good match with anywhere at any time because that's how good uh, Matt, you know, I guess he goes by his real name now, right, right. Matt Seidel. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, some, someday, and this will be the time, I'll tell it now, someone has to tell a story of that 30-minute match. So what happened was, remember the volcano? Trip. <clears throat> when I was, we were trapped over in Europe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like all the smoke. So we're about halfway through. <laughs> I'll tell you, this, it's all funny stuff that leads up to all this crazy shit. <laughs> so somebody told us, oh, that's when Cody, when Cody had the concussion and he was wearing the mask. So Dean Malenko, I, I think it was Dean, decides he should have a boxing headgear on for his matches. <laughs> so there's a live event. So we're the only ones. So it's the haha. -ha. Right. So I t took a picture of him, a tight shot, and he just has a sad look on his face. <laughs> and I said afterwards, because then we, we showed, I showed it to him, he goes, you know, every time you point the camera at me, my self-esteem gets goes lower and lower. <laughs> but he got, well, because he actually had a legit concussion, they sent him home. So he got lucky. Mm. I remember Charles Robinson, because the referees would split the tours. We were doing the entire tour at the time, all 12 shows and the TV taping. And that was uh, springtime, so we were in London. And they go, you're not going to be able to go home. Like, what are you talking about? And Charles said, he goes, a volcano erupted in Iceland. So what's that got to do with Europe? Well, that stuff's going to be floating this way with the jet stream. So we were doing a bunch of shows in uh, smaller towns in, in, in France. And we're waiting to get on it. We always flew a private plane in between cities or countries. And we're waiting. They're like, oh, there's some mechanical issue. Everyone's like, yeah, I think it's bullshit. Stuff's going on with this. This ash cloud. Mm. So next thing you know, get the buses. So the, the company in London, had a company in London that did all travel, handle everything. It was like a seven or eight hour bus ride to get to this other. We were like one side of France to the other, I think. So I always rode, a, they always rode the heel bus. So I'm sitting with show and they got all those sandwiches and candy bars and he's trying to get into the bathroom. <laughs> so I had my camera, but I wasn't going to take pictures. So it says head pops out and he's like, you want to take a picture of me, don't you? I'm like, show. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do anything. <laughs> this is our time. I don't, you know. If there's other stuff to document in the course of this crazy trip, 
You trying to squeeze out of the bathroom is not one of them. So we're about half hour. We're about, yeah, that's right. we're about half hour outside of uh, well, picture on the bowl. I forget what town we were in. They, so we they, we pull over and into some uh, like a park and ride kind of thing. And um, there's a Mercedes van and a Mercedes and a bunch of uh, motorcycle police. And they go, we're taking Chavo and Evan get off, get in the van, referee and a trainer. And I think maybe Dean Malenko. It was uh, D- I think Dean was with us. I know Mike Rotunda was one of the other agents. You guys go ahead and wrestle until we get there. Now they're already planning. We're not getting on a plane. And we were, we were going from Paris now to Belfast, mm. uh, somewhere in France to Belfast. So like we got to sh- cut the show short. So we have to make this ferry that leaves at whatever time to get across the English Channel, drive across England, take another ferry to get to Ireland. So we get there, and they said, they, like, Evan and Chavo put on a 30-minute match. Mm, wow. They wrestled until we got there, and the guys could change. They announced in French that we're only going to be here for uh, – we have to – I'm sorry, we have to cut the show short. We'll make it up to you the next time back. And then it was blankets and sheets, bus to the ferry. Now that it's customs, that chain everything, you know, Randy's getting all agitated. Randy, I'm like, dude, just – everything's cool we'll be all right <laughs> people sleeping everywhere they're on a bus across england stop at some hotel they they have a catering you know the restaurant open, open a catering hall for us to eat but the rest of the way ferry across to dublin and then like three hour bus ride to uh mm. it was like an i think an hour and a half from dublin to belfast whatever mm. it is get there just before the show guys put on a show we were doing a double shot in belfast and a tour but we weren't going anywhere because <laughs> no one was right. flying. So at some point, I know they told us, uh, well, the hotel doesn't need the rooms. You guys can, you know, you're here until, you know, you can go home. So I get a call from the guy on the SmackDown. He calls me like, hey, what's up, Craig? Uh, I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm at the bus station in Geneva, Switzerland. They just left, uh, they just left us here. <laughs> so it was him, trainer, some of the guys from the London office, the dude busters who was uh, – it was Trent, who better than Trent? What was it? Trent Beretta, his name at the time. And right. Mm-hmm. I forget who his tag partner was. A couple other talent. Trent was on the show uh, early on. Yeah, very early yeah. on. Good yeah. dude. Yeah, Long Island guy. Yep. Yeah. Kind so, of found out why he wasn't going to make it, though. What? Because <laughs> his Man. mother drives him to the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's they, a funny gimmick, The though, Ninja Turtles say. got him into wrestling. That, that much I remember. <laughs> Oi. John, you uh, mentioned something interesting before. You said the heel bus. This is post two thousand. What do you mean the heel bus? I thought K Fabe is dead. That was the, the heel bus. bus and a heel bus. Wow, interesting. That's crazy. Which I always thought okay. was odd because we'd pull into the building at the same time, and then you'd all like talk to each Everybody other. Everybody gets out of the bus together. Fans, I, I, I said that too to somebody. I said, I know this really doesn't make any sense to me. I know it's not my place <laughs> to say, but I've been here a long time. Why are we on separate buses and then we pull into the building together? And they go. <laughs> Fans, so now right? We're, all right, so we're Belfast. maybe? <laughs> do the shows, and then it was just, we, like, partied every day. Right. Because we weren't going anywhere. We went, gol- we, we went golfing one day. It was, like, Cena, me, Miz, Ted DiBiase Jr., Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Was, was, he, had the right. kid, he got the kid gloves. Was there the any, gloves. was there <laughs> any, besides the guy you worked for, was there any bad guys that just didn't treat you well, let it be a wrestler or someone in the back? Uh... But everybody, we had a yeah. cameraman for a boss for some bizarre reason. Like I said, we got bounced around. He wasn't a bad guy, but he didn't like. They gave him the objective to uh, 
decrease spending. Like, and he was coming up with these ways to pay the guys less, the oh. freelancers. Good. And it was a constant battle. And they were all ready to mutiny. They're like, we, we would leave it only out of respect for you. Somebody else told me this. A higher up told me who they went complaining to. Because we were, it was another thing. We were in Europe and we're having this, like, I, I just did the TVs. The two guys were on the other tours. All of us were at the tapings together. And one guy, he came up to me, one of the higher ups on the road and said, you know, these guys, uh, if it wasn't for you, they would leave. But out of respect for you, they're not going to wow. stick it out. And then I, I ended up, I was still living in Stanford at the time. A whole bunch of us are flying back to Newark. And it was a van for the studio kids. And the, this is a big VP. And he's like, Johnny, come with me. I got an extra seat in my, in my car. I'm like, all right, cool. And in the whole ride home, I said, look, dude, I don't know what to do with this situation. But they all want to quit. And I keep bringing this up to bringing this to attention. And then he must have, when he got into the, we got back, I got my car and went home. He must have went in and spoke to him because then I got a phone call the next day. Uh, so I spoke to so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, man, I didn't mean, mean to bury you. I just don't really know what's going on with the situation. I, I need somebody to talk to. I don't know how to approach you about this. All right, let's talk. I said, TV needs to be left alone. You want me to do more local stuff? You want us to hire guys to shoot? autograph signing in St. Louis instead of flying somebody there, fine. TV is TV. It should never be touched. You shouldn't be trying to take money away from anybody. They don't do it to the cameraman. They don't do it to the audio guys. We shouldn't do it to the photographers. Okay. And then everything was cool after that. Oh, good. You know, but it was like, you know, sometimes you don't know in the situation because he's kind of a ornery person to begin with. Like, you know, but he has his nice moments, but most right. of the times he's a pain in the ass. Like, well, how do I deal with this guy? And, Fans want to know any Hulk Hogan stories? Hulk Hogan, I tell you what. Well, you know the whole story when I, we did the NWO. Uh, drove around with them for three days, right? No, I know the story, but well, maybe we share with everybody. John, before you get into Hogan, I wanted to ask you, were you a fan of Hogan growing up just like we were? Cause I've yeah, never I had a Hulk Mania shirt. So you were a total zone. Yeah. You must have been excited as shit when they b were bringing the NWA. When it's he, early in your time was, in the company. That was probably, oh no, that was probably, that was the only time I really, like, marked internally out. marked out. There we go. We did a shoot. Well, I didn't do the shoot. Um, they brought them to Stanford, to the studio. So if you look at any of those original three-guy NWO photos, those were taken by one of the free, I, I assisted. And I walked in and saw them now. I was like. Mm. Mark moment. And we, would, we started talking to him. Cool dude. And he was asking for Steve Taylor, who was the original photographer. Mm -hmm. He was the first WWF photographer. Got into event operations. Tom took over. And then Tom tired me. Tom left. I took over. It was like the three of us uh, in succession. And he goes, uh, where's Steve Taylor? Because he remembered him. Because they spent, and Steve would go and like babysit on the movie. He told me, that's the guy you should try to have on. I don't, he won't drive down. He lives up in New Hampshire, but. Because he was, he was the guy through the heyday of the 80s, 70s, 80s, and right. uh, early 90s. And uh, he would babysit Hogan on the movie sets and shoot production still. So he was with Hogan all the time. Like, he runs event operations, you know, catch him at a show. And then we just started talking about different stuff. And he, I said, dude, we used to love, I used to love watching somebody like Tuesday Night Titans. He goes, God damn, we were so high. That was the only way to get through that show. <laughs> But they were cool. But we did. So Mike knows the story. So we, the mat when when they had the magazine, there would be a every now and again there would be like a seventy two hours with somebody or forty eight hours. I know I always 
my one buddy that still works, you know, still freelance for the company, told me about the 48 hours with Steve Austin. And the famous line was, they were all in catering, talking with Vince, going over something. And Vince goes, what are you doing? He goes, well, we're doing 48 hours with Steve Austin. He goes, why don't you make it 47 and a half and take a break? <laughs> Basically told him to get lost. <laughs> so we did 72 hours. Over, it was over the, uh, the No Way Out run. Milwaukee, Chicago, Rockford, Illinois. So I said, you're going to go with one of the riders, rent a, the biggest SUV you can find, and drive them around. Okay. So we get there, and I, I think the rider goes, this is the biggest one I had. It wasn't a Suburban. It was like, well, you know, there's no way we're going to fit. Like, you know, Kevin Nash is 6'11", Hogan's 6-whatever, Hall's a big guy, and us two, and the bags. So, like, we got to figure something out. So the first day with Milwaukee, they're like, they're having breakfast. We're hanging out with them. We go to the gym with them. We get in the car to drive to the building, which is across the street where we stay at the same height in Milwaukee. Building's across the street. And uh, Kevin, goes, Kevin Nash is in the front seat. He goes, uh, put your seatbelt on. Like, Excuse me? He goes, put your seatbelt on. I'm not driving unless you put your, you're not going anywhere until you put your seatbelt on. I go, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> he was, I don't have the seatbelt on. I, I'm not going to argue with you. Right. But, you know, then, then it would, then it became, we, you know, we, whoever we told, it might have been Shane McMahon. I, like, we can't, we, we, I don't think we could do the three days with, with everybody in the car. I will get a limo. So I rent the limo. Everybody thinks we specifically rent, the, the company specifically rented a limo for these three guys. And there was already uneasiness from most of the talent roster that these guys were here, mm. especially the WCW guys <clears throat> that left that didn't like them because they took over the show. And I explained to people, we didn't get, you know, then they're coming up to me. I said, we couldn't get a big enough SUV for, for the five of us. They got a limo. There was not a specifically, you know, I had to sit there and explain to, <laughs> explain to people. But a lot of stuff was squashed because Steve and Kevin were tight. Austin. I guess Steve and Kevin were chatting a lot. Things were kind of eased up amongst everybody. And then Steve was starting his program, I guess, with uh, Scott going into Mania. But uh, sitting in the car, I was like, you know what, let's have somebody go out and get beer so we have it for the car ride. And the guys are probably going to want to have something to drink after the show. <laughs> so we're about to get in the car, and Hogan goes, uh, they're going to need some adult beverages. I said, oh, I already got it taken care of. Puts his hand and goes, brother, I think I'm going to like you. I'm like, <laughs> so we had the cooler with beer. And, and I, I, honest to God, 98% of the stories were off the record that they could not, like, were never going in the magazine. Just how they manipulated getting more money out of Turner. All three of them. But the, the shit they used to pull. Mm. All kinds of crazy stuff and whatever. Oh, they were just telling us everything. It was just who fought in hotel rooms, who had problem. You know, it was like brawls, who was this, who was that. And I'm like, these guys are out of your mind. Interesting like dynamic. Free for all. You're telling me Austin was tight with Nash. How did he receive? Hey, what's up, Kevin? And look at Hogan like, you prick. I mean... I don't, I don't think he really had much to do, but, you know, Hogan was, The Rock was wanted his match with Hogan, and, you know, they went they went back, you know, because of Rocky Johnson or whatever. But, I, you know, Steve, I don't really recall. I just remember Steve talking a lot with uh, Kevin, you know, the first couple of times they were back. Because they were backstage, like, a month, month before in L.A. doing scans for the video games. And that's when shit started getting, like, <clears throat> people like, what are these guys doing here? Mm. How was Scott Hall with you? Uh, were you shocked when, you you know, he passed away? He was, uh, well, when he, he came back at that time, he was taking these pills that if he drank, he would vomit. 
Right. Oh, so okay. So he wasn't drinking at all. Okay. He was cool. He was talented. I mean, it just, I mean, what they, the, the ribs they used to pull on people just made, kind of made me shake my head and go, you know, we gimmick somebody's drink. I, you know, I just, I don't really quite understand some of the stuff that mm. these mm. guys would do. They thought were funny, but with us, there was never, in fact, <laughs> we had a, it's like, we got to go to the bathroom. So we stop and we pull into a parking lot of an office building and we're all outside taking a leak. And Scott Hall goes, doesn't matter how much money we have, we're all just white trash. <laughs> so we popped. I popped here and there. You That's know, like, great. <laughs> that was hysterical. All right, so, one final question because we're almost out of time. What? Relationship between <laughs> Vince and Shane McMahon that mm. you saw, did they have a good relationship from what you could see, or did you feel there was some kind was of tension? I think he was hard on Shane. He was. Yeah. What Shane, th- Shane, I love Shane. Shane's a great dude. Um, I think Shane has more of his mother's personality. Okay. Stephanie's more like Vince. Okay. Um, it's just, you know, I think it's your typical parent-child business. Like, you're running a business, you want to pass it off to your kids. Did, you Vince, have... did Vince intend Shane to be the heir apparent, but just it was Stephanie who clearly had more of his uh, makeup, or...? I, I don't know, to be honest with you. You know, it's that whole crazy stuff at the Rumble last year. Right. We didn't know any, you know, I don't know, I don't know what's, who's, who's got heat with each other or who's right. going. We just, you know, we go out and shoot the show. And then you hear about everything the next day or the two days later about, you know, they sent them home. You got heat with the boys or whatever. I, mm. I don't know, a guy jumped off a freaking damn yeah. hell of a cell He killed twice. himself many times for his father, but absolutely. W- but would you, would you see any kind of interaction between them at all yeah. that made you feel? I was in some like... meetings with them and, uh, you know, he would, he would get a little short with shame. Really? You yeah. ever catch a full-blown argument of any kind? Like, you know, nah. me? really? Okay. So, Johnny, I'm gonna, the, mo- the, big, the, biggest, like me. the biggest yeah. thing I'm pissed <laughs> off about is this. WWE is about to le- go into legalized gambling. If you were still with them, Terrible. you could just be like, yo, drop. <laughs> oh, would you stop it? This guy. This is the bro- hot tip guy? Oh, my God. Oh, how yeah, hot would yeah, that have right. been? Go back to work for them. Anyway. How hot would that? We would have been rich. Rich. And speaking of going back to work in the business, we've watched AEW, because I definitely want to throw this in. Right. We've watched AEW pluck one WWE you know, personality after another. Have you thought about contacting them? Because they really could use some professionals over there with their product. <laughs> I know the, actually I know one I know one of the guys that, that shoots ringside. He actually did some work for us. Uh he was TNA's guy. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, they always they kept Guy from Pro Wrestling Illustrated would always say, "Hey man, can you use uh, this guy, Mike? As long as he's shooting for TNA, he can't work for us. That's just mm. how we are." You know, it mm. was like a strict, right. no interpromotional gotcha. employees. Yeah. And then he had told me he got screwed out a lot of money by them, and uh, he's done with them. I so we he was doing some NXT because he was living in Orlando. He came out on the road a bunch of times. Nice guy, good shooter. A lot of, some of the boys knew him from some TNA, like with Bubba Ray. A bunch of guys came back from TNA. Oh, he's a good dude. I'm like, yeah, no, he's a nice guy. A lot of nice conversations. He's a good photographer. And then uh, one one day, one of the editors goes, yo, dude, he's, he's tagged on this Instagram page with all the TNA girls and for like this 4th of July pictorial. So I called him. He's like, they paid me cash. I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, man, you know, <laughs> you know our arrangement. You went and did that. Right. You know, you can't work here anymore. Right. He's like, oh, you guys are above my league. I'm like, I've seen you work. You know, it was kind of like, He's at, he's at AEW now. I, I don't know the other guys. 
I've reached out through I reached out through Taz to get to get to some people in the office and some other guys because there's a lot of people from WWE behind those scenes production wise that are there as well. Right now, and uh, I think they just they have their people. I don't know if they don't want they want it out. Because I talked to one guy, he goes, oh, "I'm surprised they wouldn't uh, hire you with all your experience shooting right. wrestling. Like, right. who else are they gonna who would they bring in that that's shot bigger shows than you out there?" And I told the guy, I don't even want to work every week. You need an extra guy for pay-per-views? I'll come out once a month. There you go. You know? I live in New York. You want me to come to Queens? You got something going? Another guy, hey, he's probably going to call you for the Queen show. Never heard from him. So I got, you know, I've talked to some other people, but, you know, like Impact and them. What are they going to pay for me to go Our ratings somewhere? are better than Impact. Forget about that. <laughs> Forget about that. Well, John, I'm really hoping you get back into the business. I mean, just by your portfolio alone, you've taken some of the greatest iconic pictures in history of <coughs> pro wrestling. Yeah, um, I mean, I like to think, uh, you know, I left a positive mark. You sure uh, did. You did. The photo department for WWE, and I took some photos that'll be used forever. I mean, I think the, my favorite one that'll never be used is Linda kicking Vince in the balls at WrestleMania 17. Oh, that that'll was, never get used, but that's one of my favorites. That was awesome. Her leg is just like that. Perfect. <laughs> well, John, for some reason, I think you're going to get back into it. I think AEW is going to yeah. call. I think the yep. problem with AEW right now is they're not focused on that type of, like, that type of social media at this yeah. point, right? I mean, they're still just trying to get their act together. Or, maybe the WWE wake up and then bring you back, right? So <laughs> yeah. Why not? Well, I mean, they brought Sable back, but I don't think they're going to bring me back. <laughs> I don't move the needle like she did back in the day. <laughs> mm, you never know. Johnny, once again, thank you. You're a friend. We love having you on the show. Thank you Anytime, for your wonderful story. Anytime, man. I enjoy Scott, I could tell like five years. I got 20 years worth of stories. <laughs> hey, you know what, too? Maybe we can go to a Jet game and not call him. Don't call me. Because he'll just make fun of us while we're there no, and tell so us terrible it, it, things are going to happen. I'm going to give you I went both. I to a Jacksonville game in the rain last That year, was so. terrible. What were you? <laughs> I'm going to wow. give you both the scenarios. Oh, Seasonal start. <laughs> And Stop game it. one, I'll Hold be my like, ears. same old Jets. You'll say same old Jets. I'm not. Solace, get, the, gonna, get him out of the, get him it. off the field, nope. whatever. It's nope. over. Well, they, nope. get, they better get Quinn signed. Yeah, they really they do need to signed. get that taken care of. But I think but, they got to restructure Rodgers first before they can do anything with him. Yeah, well, right? he's only making a million dollars this year. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be readjusted. But, Johnny, just remember to get that camera ready at the end of the season when that finger goes up in the air from number eight. Okay, you just get ready. Get ready. <laughs> all right, guys, I want to thank you all for joining us. Another, another wonderful interview with Johnny Photo next week, the return of Ahmad Johnson. Nice. And then we've got on the 24th, JoJo. <laughs> and, Very nice. Uh, I think okay. next week is the 15th, so that's that special kickoff show. Okay. We'll be making a special announcement. So, yes, sir. Yeah, Johnny, wonderful interview. Fans loved it. Great stories. We could have went on forever. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm surprised. I'm shocked. We're at 1030. <laughs> I know. Abe, thank you for hanging in there so Abe, long. thank you. Abe, Thanks, superstar. Abe. <laughs> uh, last thing before we go. Any quick memories on the Iron Sheik, both as a professional mm. and as a wrestling fan? As a wrestling fan, hated him. Sure. And I think yeah. my favorite moment was from Madison Square Garden when Antonio Nuki took off his boot and bloodied him with it. I remember that. I think I remember my brother and I going apeshit crazy when Is he got the boot Is that Junior High? Probably. Damn. Early 80s. It's right, yeah, it's right in the beginning. And as far as working with him, it, you know, he, the, the Bobby Heenan, it'll be WrestleMania 38 by the time he gets to the ring. Right. I heard that in headset, couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> but they had brought him back for some, uh, you know, reunion stuff. And we were shooting some backstage thing, and he's in a room doing whatever. All of a sudden, I just hear him cursing. 
about Hogan. And then here, we can't use that. Sheik, we have to do, you can't do that. <laughs> you to keep great. telling him, you can't curse. What the fuck you television. mean, Bubba? Right <laughs> <laughs> here through the wall. F this, F that, Hogan. Like, so we're all laughing. They, you know, they come out there like. In hindsight. All you had to say was Hogan, and he would go on. And go nuts. In hindsight, yeah. after his passing, is he one of the greatest heels of all time? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. If you look back at our age and look at it, you laugh now. Hmm. Because you watch any of the, you watch it go online and watch any of the uh, the bloopers with Mean Gene in, in the backstage interviews. The turkey. In the, <laughs> I just the, watched that the one turkey. yesterday. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Gene, uh, Gene immediately, and he, uh, Mean Gene, bird. the greatest of all time backstage. How we, you know, you watch those flubs. <laughs> Great. How he keeps a straight face. Yep. Looking at Sheik from a fifty-five-year-old perspective, yeah, you laugh at it. But as a kid, through his career, his wrestling career. Ate that up. He was hated. Ate I mean, he it, was he great at him and Volkov when they would stand there and he would yeah. salute and sing the Russian National oh, Anthem. Yeah. Shit was flying from everywhere. Yep. Yep. Classic shit. When I would see Volkov, he would always come to the shows in Baltimore because he lived in Baltimore. The, the one always thing, backstage. The one thing that proved to me to be that, that he was one of the greatest heels of all time, he took a heel like Sergeant Slaughter and made him and with one glance turned them into a fan favorite right. that quickly. USA I ran immediately like Slaughter was loved all of a sudden. Oh yeah. And you know what I would when I would see Sarge or he would come on tours as an agent way back when before he you know started stopped traveling was I said I can't give anybody bigger credit than you than to be a person that turned on the country at that time mm. and mm. deal with what you had to deal with. And he was living in Connecticut at that time. And stories are death threats, people coming by the house. His wife was in a panic while he's on the road having everybody hate him. The mailman's challenging him to a Cobra Clutch challenge. It's, it's getting rough. Right, if we but keep a hell of a nice guy. If, very we keep, respectful. if we keep going, it's going to be midnight. So, Jimmy, yeah, sure. send us on our way. <laughs> You've been watching Johnny Photo, Monty, and the Pharaoh. And until next time, later.